the big question is how do you get noticed? We go back in a little bit from before. If you naturally are putting out your consistencies and everything else, the platforms are gonna naturally kind of show you out to other people. The thumbnails, the titles, the description, those are important. They need to be something that will make people want to click on it, see how it's going. It's gotta be something that people wanna see. You're listening to Ecomonics, a Debutify podcast your resource for one-of-a-kind insights into the world of e-commerce and business in the modern age. This is Joseph. I'll be presenting a wealth of industry knowledge from interviews with successful business people and our own state-of-the-art research. Your time is valuable, so let's go. To my delight, we were fortunate to book a game streamer, Jordan Mull. Gaming, being one of my lifelong passions, It's a joy to see that not only is it still going strong, but that it's become a way for people to earn a living. I'll admit, becoming a game streamer might not be the kind of content you'd expect on the show, and selling you on it is a stretch. But hear us out. Games are a pillar of the human experience. You gotta find room for it somehow. I'd be surprised if you hadn't already. Jordan Mull, it's good to have you here. Uh, Welcome on to Ecomonics. Uh, How's it going, man? How you doing? Ah, oh, dude, it's it's good to be here. Uh, you know, it's going pretty good. Uh, it is cold outside, it is wet outside, but you know what? I'm I'm kicking. I'm still kicking. Yeah, it's uh. Well, actually, um, I know where you're from because I did my prep. But where are you right now? Uh, I actually live in Lawrence, Kansas, where Supernatural was filmed. It's, it's so nice. Ah, oh, wicked. Yeah, it's uh, it's cold and wet here too in uh, Toronto, Canada. But that's that's yeah. par for the course. <laughs> I, so. I get that. Listeners, I am stoked for today's episode. Not that I'm not usually excited, but there's a particular reason. Um, we got uh, a gaming streamer on board. And this being an e-commerce podcast, you you might be wondering why we have him on. Short answer is, e-com- the fundamental for e-commerce is actually like any transaction or business profession that takes place online. So this counts. Um, but gaming is great, and it really should be a part of your life. I'm a lifelong gamer. I'm not giving it up. Um, I'm going to have to be trying to manage my time with it. Um, but the depth and complexity of how you want to get into gaming depends on you. Some people in some high places make time for games. So there's people a lot more successful than my guests or myself who play games. And if they can do it, we can do it. So Jordan, uh, let's get going with our first question. Uh, tell us who you are and what you do. Sure. Uh, so my name is Jordan Mole. As everyone knows, I run a YouTube channel and a Facebook channel, Skull Hunter Games. Uh, and uh, obviously, we play a bunch of games. On I like to make a bunch of funny skits because that seems what really draws in the audience. Everyone's just big about me dressing up like a penguin or Santa Claus or just doing weird stuff. And so I just try to put a smile on some people's faces and honestly just have a good time. But yeah, that's kind of a little bit about me, really. I mean, uh, I grew up with consoles. Uh, I'm only 21 years old, so remember, I'm, I wasn't around with the Nintendo 64. I was around with the PlayStation, so <laughs> let's make sure that's known. Uh started getting into gaming, competitive Call of Duty when I was 16. I won a ton of tournaments, uh, now too many to count. And Oh, wow, good. Cool. And then, yeah, I took a break last year for the tournament stuff, and I'm back in it this year. Already uh, have a few tournaments in line, and yeah. Oh, and voice actor, my bad. My bad. Oh, you're a voice actor. I didn't even. Yeah. I didn't even know. Uh, I, I, I had no idea. I, I, and I was and I was trying bit. to find out like what I could find out. It, it's hard to find out because I use different names for the voice acting stuff. Like cause you have to run it under all your business. My business is Skull Hunters, so it's like I have to run it under there to get into these places. But yeah, nothing kicked off yet. And as anyone knows, when you're a voice actor, you got to pay first before you get paid. Yep. Yeah. Uh, actually. Yeah, similarly, that was with me and getting into podcasting. In order to do professional work, it cost me money first. I had to yep. invest into it until I can uh, set, uh, prove my my expertise or you know gain that expertise. Yeah. So, but there's so many different things that uh, that we can talk about. But one thing I want our, our listeners to understand about my my place in this episode is that they should know by now that I'm a nerd. They should know that uh, I will uh, day one buy games that start with Z and end in Elda. Um, but for my, my, my gaming experience, uh, for me, I'm 31, by the way, so we've got a 10-year gap, uh, which is insane. I, it's, t- it's hard for me to process because it doesn't feel like much of a gap. Like, it feels like no. we're, the, the vibe feels there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, 
it's it's weird that way but like so sega genesis was my first system and uh, and i played that and then uh the nintendo 64 was the first system that i wanted to buy my parents bought us a genesis but i remember uh, kids would come to school and they had these uh, gaming guides with just pictures of of zelda and i remember the commercials for ocarina time um really left an impression on me and i finally get the nintendo 64 after everybody else stopped caring but I, I, it didn't matter. I wanted to to keep on playing it anyways. And I've been a Nintendo fan ever since, but most of my gaming, I'd say not, not most, at least like 50% of my gaming has been on the PC. Uh, I did time of world of Warcraft, Guild Wars, Warcraft three. Uh, I was one of the top three V three teams in Warcraft three, top 100 nice. to be, to be clear. Uh, we went up against some of the top players and we were holding our own. So that's, uh, then this was like in the heyday of Warcraft three, I, I might add. Good job. Thank you. Um, done some, uh, had some like middling results in like Smash tournaments. So like the competitive scene is something to uh, to definitely invest a lot of time into. And what I think that people don't know about the competitive scene, other than there is one, is that there really is a lot of work and a lot of practice and a lot of training involved in it. Um, but I'd love to hear your take on this as a competitive gamer. Uh, and then we'll, we'll get into some other stuff too. But forewarning everybody, uh, this might be one of the more looser episodes because this is just this is he's he's one of my people and uh, yeah we're just gonna uh, we're just gonna see how this goes. So one of the issues that I had with competitive gaming is patching and balance updates. Where if I were to invest time into playing chess, I'm not worried about the queen being nerfed. I'm like, were they going to reduce her ability to go across the whole board to just five across the board to bring her more in line with the other pieces or whatever yeah. the logic is? So there's like a, a there's a knowledge decay where things that we know or things that we practice can actually end up not being relevant compared to other sports. And I feel like that's one of the main issues that I've always had with e, uh, with esports. But how have you um, how have you handled that side of it? Um, so that's that's actually a good question because uh, it's like the Call of Duty just released Cold War. Uh, it's been the one I've been getting on a lot with, and they've already had the patched guns, and so. One of the one of the big things that I can tell everyone to is a good way to work with it is to learn to use different guns like in the esports size. Like they always have like a gun game the way they make you switch out guns, play those, you know, do whatever it takes to learn everything about it. Don't practice with one little thing because doing some of the World League stuff I was involved with, you couldn't use certain classes, you couldn't use certain perks, you couldn't use certain guns. They mm-hmm. would cap you at pretty much something everyone has or everyone could use. So you didn't get that wide option. You only got the little bit they gave you. So, I mean, a big uh, big deal with that is just use everything and tons of practice. Because even like you said, you have to put so much time in the training. And I had to cut back my streams. It was every five days a week. Now it's back to three days a week because I just I can't do it. I'm trying to practice and I'm trying to stream while practicing, but it's just, it's so, man, it's so hard, but you just got to practice mm-hmm. and learn so, everything. So, so fill us in about your, uh, your average weekly schedule. Um, cause I'd like for people to understand just like what dedication you have to your streaming and what dedication you have to your training. Yeah. So, um, so I will start off pretty much on Sunday. Sunday is my only true day off. Uh, I don't try to play. I don't try to do anything. Uh, and then Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, I always try to kick on my streams. I do three hours on Facebook, so it matches the algorithm. And then I do two hours on YouTube, so it doesn't go mm-hmm. over the algorithm base. And and then on the Tuesdays, Wednesdays, or Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Saturdays, uh, the Tuesdays, I do a lot of behind-the-scene work try to get my podcast up and going and trying to get clips grabbed so you can get out and explore market yourself. Uh, so mm-hmm. Tuesdays and Thursdays are a lot of marketing. So it's a lot of behind the scene work and then take about three hours a day, practice on your competitive call of duty or competitive gaming that you're into. And then Saturday it's do a stream either on YouTube or Facebook, get the podcast recorded and then get to spend about two to three hours with the girly before she ends up going to bed so she can go to work the next day. 
And then on your day off, you do you still play casually or do you just kind of oh, keep yeah. yourself? Yeah, okay, okay. Oh, yeah. I Like, that's not a day I'm too focused. So, like, I'll be stupid and grab the guys and I'll just run around with a knife or something I think is funny yeah. and grab smoke grenades and just go, dude, you want to get some? <laughs> that's pretty much what I do on the Sundays is I just like, yeah, I'll just, I don't care. All right, so... I'm going to ask you this question, but I'm also going to have answers for it too, because I want to yeah. also weigh in on this. But why watch somebody play games? So why watch somebody play games? I mean, that that splits it into so many different categories, and I'm going to keep it on the competitive side right now. Sure. Is So for the competitive side, why would you watch someone play games? Because they're doing something different than you are. You get to learn, you get to see, you get to maybe they are using just a different perk or a different attachment that can help you, you know, get a few ideas in. You know, it's good to keep your mind always on, especially if you're into competitive Call of Duty or competitive gaming. It's a really good thing to be able to keep that grind going no matter what. And even if you're watching someone play, you're still trying to think like, oh, dude, you should have you should have turned over there. You should have hit over there. And then when you see them die immediately afterwards, you go okay i gotta make sure not to do that mm-hmm. um so on a competitive side i think that's a big reason why you should watch people you know play games and on a humorous side it just takes you out of the world you know every, our day-to-day lives ain't perfect but you know if someone could make us laugh do it yeah i mean part of why i asked that question is trying to figure out what are the limitations of the market because I think anybody into gaming has a pretty clear reason why they would want to watch something. And you mentioned the competitive side, which is key. Um, from me, from me, like if I, if I, some of the editing that I do for some of my other clients outside of the company, I will have my my editing window like seventy five percent of the screen, and then little window window to the side, I'll watch somebody do a, a mania run on one of the characters, so I can just kind of direct my attention and watch that while I'm listening to audio, waiting for something to edit. So it's great to have in the background. Um, one of my, my friend who actually uh, is going to provide some questions for us, uh, he does a stream where he plays Wind Waker, comp- like not competitively, but it's like a randomized Wind Waker run where you try to beat the game and all the assets are moved around. And it's split screen. So now Wind Waker, for those of you who don't know, is a beautiful game. It's one of the early uh, iterations of cell shading. And even if I'm not engaged in it, even if I'm not listening to it, I just have it in the corner of the screen and it's like this little moving stained glass window that is just pleasing to look at. So there's a lot of competition. I mean, people can, I don't know, they can watch the Avengers or watch Game of Thrones again or whatever it is they want to do. So I, I do worry that there is trying to like, imagine somebody who's listening to this and they usually listen to these episodes because they want to get tips on drop shipping. So for them to watch somebody play a game is a bit more of a challenge. Um, and I think it comes down to the personality and the comedy and being engaging. Um, but how, like, how do you, as far as you can, how do you get people maybe not necessarily in your ideal target market to, to check you out? Yeah. Um, so we actually just had an experience about this, uh, a couple weeks ago, I ended up getting a bunch of fans who did not watch gamers, never really considered watching streams at all. And uh, it was on their recommended page because one of their friends shared it and they started watching and it was because of the humor behind it or, you know, a topic I was talking about or maybe something just looked interesting. But the reason they joined was because I am a comedian. So I do try to make people laugh. I try to show people my expressions and try to be as mm-hmm. entertaining as possible. Not, not not a guarantee every day, but, you know, I try to be as entertaining as I can be. And they're just like, I don't care what game you play. I want to watch you. You're entertaining. And those are the people you want. And I think that's a big reason why a lot of people go over and watch a streamer is because the entertainment and the engagement that they're going to get. They're pretty much just like me and you talking. You're mm-hmm. going to be typing in a chat board, talking to them, and we're going to talk back. So I think that's a big reason why it's kind of a little bit of engagement side that you don't have to be there the whole time with. Right. And and you mentioned too that you do also do comedy videos and in in prep I, I watched some of your comedy videos. One of them was trying to follow along uh, with uh, with Gordon Ramsay as he tries to. Well, he he obviously doesn't have to try. He he knows how to cook. But um, but yeah, but yeah, it was pretty funny. And what I and I now mind you, I don't get to research very many uh, streamers uh, for the purposes of this show. 
Um, so I can't say that I've gone to watch a lot of different um, uh, gamers and streamers and see what else, what other content they create. But it is a pretty unique approach to also have something not directly gaming related, but it is a way to try to draw in because you know, you know somebody looks up Gordon Ramsay and they see comedy videos and they see your and they see your video and they're drawn into you from there. So um, can you speak at all to the uh, the effects of that and the results or like if you've gained a comedy following and if they've bled over into the gaming side or if the gaming side also enjoy watching your comedy videos, which I assume they do. Oh, yeah. So the that last part you just said, the streaming side will come over and watch the comedy side. Yes, they they are enjoying the streams they're enjoying the comedy over there they want to come over and see that and then that's what i try to do is make these funny videos is so i can draw those people in because if they're watching they're entertained if they're being entertained i'm obviously giving them something that they want and then that's when i try to announce when i'm going live is so they know when to hop in because let's let's also go at it at a at just a person's time of day if you have a two-hour video up on the internet saying mm-hmm. we're doing this well like hey 25 kills in call of duty let's get it versus a stream that doesn't show you a time length hey we're doing this 25 kills let's get it people are going to be wanting to watch that stream because they don't know the times they don't know if it just started or if it's about to end you're there you can interact with that person so a lot of people are going to rather watch it live and be able to interact and plus if you have little things like these uh they're called overlays if you have an overlay pop up where they hit the like button or whatever pops up on the screen that's a psychological side about them getting engagement because they see that they're now a part of this and now they want to engage and that's why a lot of people will have like a chat board up and things like that so yeah yeah this is a great point this is really important so with uh, one of the major advantages that uh, streaming has in terms of content is it's probably some the most interactive content uh, out on the market altogether. I mean, TV shows and movie studios, they'll get their fan feedback, but it, it's it stands the I don't know if they'll they'll implement it or not, or if they do, it ends up uh, costing them a lot of money. <clears throat> it oh, could yeah. be a pretty costly mistake. Um, social media is interactive, but you know, you don't know if the person who's writing the tweet is that person or if they just have an aid doing it. Yeah. Because um, you can tell about maybe like the way they, they talk on video versus how they type. Yeah, okay, not the same person. Streaming, on the other hand, any channel you join, you can immediately have a noticeable impact on the on the, on the the content itself. Because you're saying you can feed lines that the host, such as you, uh, can then read out and then actually talk about or... And not that I think they'll backseat game you, but it could get to the point where somebody says, oh, uh, try this weapon. Yep. Try that weapon. Yeah, you know what? I will try that weapon. So if they actually can curate the content for themselves as it's unfolding before their very eyes. Exactly. And what you just said is like people backseat gaming you. It happens so much to streamers. I get it all the time, but I, I threw it on myself because I was watching the analytics and it showed I didn't have as much engagement as I should. So I went, okay, let's try something new. I told everyone, let's do challenges. You give me a challenge, let's do this, let's get it going. And that started the engagement to be over above average. And it started getting people really clicking on and wanting to Mm -hmm. comment because they want to see, I just want to see this guy fail. So they're trying to do everything (laughs) they can to say, hey, I want you to fail. But there's also some people you're like, hey, I'm not taking challenges today. They'll still be like, you should be using this. You should have went over here. You should have done this. And it's like, okay, you get it. You interact with them because all in all, they're still your fans, even though they're kind of treating you like uh, a child in a mom's car. You know, you're still just trying to, you know, yeah, I, I know what I should have done. You know what? Oh, I may do it better next time. Don't know. Guess you're going to have to wait and see. And I uh, usually don't do it. <laughs> but it- I, I, I was into Fortnite for about oh, six sorry. months. <laughs> <laughs> oh man uh, okay we'll, we'll stop here for a second so like fortnite the gameplay is fantastic mm-hmm. Agreed. But the product is crap i agree it's <laughs> it's, it's a it's an awful product they it was the problem i was saying earlier about knowledge decay uh, i'll go i'll go get, get a cup of coffee i'll come back and the game's changed and there's yep. a different gun or there's zombies now and it drove me crazy because i don't want that discovery and if they want to have a campaign mode where they can have this ongoing story great but give us an arena so that we can just focus on the gameplay yeah and i remember i would 
check out different streamers and they didn't go for like sometimes i would watch the the, the heavy hitters but i also would like start with like fewer streams and just you know try to watch some of the smaller uh, content creators as well and there was this one guy and i'm not not that i remember his name and even if i did i wouldn't want to call him out because that would be rude but he i think he may have gone a little bit too far with interactivity where those fans could pay and he would have to stand up and do one of the emotes like one of the dances or something like that so he'd be in the middle of of a gunfight somebody presses the and for those of you who can't see uh, jordan is just uh use he's face palming but he's using his microphone as the palm yep and i felt bad for this guy i felt like he'd really got like he he'd give him a little bit too much say i'm not or maybe he doesn't give a shit he, he's he, maybe he's getting he's getting money out of it so maybe he doesn't care but i think that might be a little bit too indignant for a person to do i don't know what do you think where do you think is a line of like what you can and can't let fans do so in that sense, I would honestly say it truly depends on how competitive you are. If you are a super competitive person and you have people do that, you put that on yourself. You gave them too much power. Um, but I will say yeah. if you're just trying to give them that you know, funny content they want to see, that's the way to do it. Ninja did his uh, Fortnite stream. Uh, Mr. Beast made a video on it. And like you donate X amount of money. He has to like drop something or you have to get rid of everything. And, you know, he kind of did the same thing. He gave fans so much power to screw over his games. But because he was doing it for charity or he was doing it for entertainment purposes, he was like, I don't care. I, I just don't care. But honestly, don't give the fans that much power. <laughs> like it honestly, like they will feel like when you turn it off. And that's the big thing you have to look at is, unfortunately, when a streamer grows where they have 100 people watching them at a time, that chat board goes insane. I've hit 50 viewers at one point and the chat was just going and they're like, Hey, please read my comment. Hey, are you, are you still listening? I'm like, I feel bad, but you just kind of got to enjoy it while it lasts. But then when you take that stuff away, well, it's, it's gone. So don't give the fans that much power, but do little fun things like challenges and stuff like that. Cause it's a start of a new game. Sure. Give, give me a challenge. I'll do it. At least then if it's a paid one, you know, if the fans mm -hmm. really start getting involved, up it a little bit just so it's not as consistent. If you had someone pay a dollar to pretty much throw a grenade on the ground and kill yourself, you know people are going to do it at the worst times, especially in a Battle Royale game. People are just going to do it all day. I would do it. I got five bucks burning a hole in my pocket. I'll do it. I also, uh, th this is this is tie into the question. We just reminded me of stream uh, sniping where I... Where they would uh, they would realize someone's like watching them and come after them. I actually did that, by the way. I, I tried to stream snipe uh, my friend because uh, we hadn't talked for a while, and I knew that he was playing World of Warcraft Classic, and he had revealed what faction he's on, and he revealed what server he's on. So without him knowing, I rolled a character on the opposite faction and was trying to level up. The, uh, the only the only problem is that he's a professional streamer, and I'm not. So I would I would log on to his stream the next day to check his progress, and he's like, "Are you? He's level 18. I, oh my, I'm level." And uh, it's World of Warcraft, so oh, that's my day. I, yep. I spent I spent two I spent two weeks on that long con, but it was freaking worth it. I can send you the clip, by the way, of our duel to the death. Ah, uh, dude, I'm fine with that. All right, so regarding uh, e-commerce, and um, one assumption that we make is a lot of the people who listen to the show uh, is they're um, they're they're dropshippers and. Uh, they're, they're just looking for revenue ideas and how they want to build their brand in the long run. So it may not be clear right away how this can tie in. It's not as evident as, I don't know, affiliate marketing. Um, but let's say you became a successful streamer. Okay. You could use that lever. Sorry, I'm not. not didn't, I didn't mean like, oh, maybe you're not or not yet, but you know what I mean. Uh, you could use that leverage to start a store, have merch to sell. Um, so people who gain knowledge in e-commerce would actually have an edge because they know a little bit more intuitively how to run a store. Um, if you're building this, this, I don't know if this has happened yet. I think this is a brand new idea introduced into the ether, but for people who are building a brand and they're using their drop shipping methods to give them like a core, uh, capital to work with, they could lean into the gamer and nerd niche market. And then they would have a unique marketing method through streaming. Now that's, that's for my guys. Uh, you can weigh in on that if you like. Um, but 
the question that I posed to you on your end is the revenue stream. So what are the revenue streams associated with your profession? We did mention it kind of already with like fans, they can interact, they can pay money, but that doesn't grant the full scope. Yeah. So, I mean, especially in the streaming uh, world, you have so many different uh, sources of income. And um, so let's talk about the big one that everyone wants to know is ad revenue. Ad revenue, uh, once you hit a certain following and a certain uh, critiques, uh, you can get ad revenue. And uh, yeah, you can sit there and start making money off it. And it could help grow a business because once a market is paying you like Facebook or YouTube, once they're paying you, they want you to be seen. They're going to try to start promoting your stuff, getting you more in search rankings so they can make money because they make X amount on an ad. You get X amount off an ad. That's how they make money. So uh, doing streaming and stuff like that on like Facebook or YouTube, it's a good marketing scheme. Yeah. Actually, I see something that I'm, that I'm wondering about now. So, cause this is the first that I've heard that somebody is, this is, you're the first person to tell me that, uh, that YouTube or, or Facebook are, actively trying to find ways to promote you. I had always thought that it was more like they set the threshold and, but the onus is on the, on the, on the streamer entirely make those thresholds. So they get the payout because at the end of the day, they've got the platform. If, if a streamer takes off, there's always going to be somebody else ready to take their place. So uh, can you elaborate on that? Like what exactly they're doing to help boost your reputation or boost your, uh, your profile? Okay. So uh, we're going to talk about Facebook because that's one I've been taking, honestly, some of the most training on. I've been still taking Facebook training for over eight months now. so And I've only been doing the Facebook streams for only a year just now. And so a lot of how the Facebook works is, let's say you're a small streamer. You're trying to make it there. There's analytics. Analytics are always going to be on our lives. It's numbers, games, everything is ones and zeros. And so if you play one thing or if you do one thing and you keep redoing it, that's going to make your analytics love you. And that means it's going to show up to Facebook and Facebook is going to see you're consistent. You're you're keeping up with a pattern. You're keeping the Mm -hmm. ones and twos. They're going to start throwing you in front of people who are going to want to see your algorithm that are a bunch of ones and twos. You're consistent. Algorithms are consistent. They want consistency. So that's mm-hmm. a big reason on why Facebook will kind of promote you without telling you you're being promoted. They're going to start putting you out in these people. And the longer you stream, uh, Facebook's algorithm is actually set to every 30 minutes. It will send notifications out to your followers, not the people already watching. So they take your followers, they match it up from the people who are watching your videos consistently. They're going to send that notification out to them. But if you're following a page, haven't watched them for like a month, if they do a 10-hour stream, you're probably going to finally see a notification because it's going through your list and it's grabbing them. And then their algorithm is set to where if they're staying on the watch and if you're getting that engagement from them, they're going to grab people who are not following your page. They're going to grab them and kind of throw it in there saying, hey, they're, they're live. You might want to see what this is about. And that's where your thumbnails and your... Uh, your thumbnails, your title, your description, that's where everything is important. Right. So that makes sense because if Facebook is going to use any of their resources, um, infinite as they may be, they're not going to deploy those resources onto people who are not proving that they're in it for the long run because they want people to stay on the platform as much as possible. Yeah, it's all about consistency. That's a big thing that algorithms want is that consistency. All right. Um, so you're doing uh, YouTube and, and Facebook, but I'm wondering your what's your relationship with Twitch? Did you try them, not find them to your liking? Are you going to get on them? What, what happened there? So now I've been I've been sitting there and doing a lot of the YouTube stuff for a while. I actually had another YouTube channel that hit over a thousand followers and I actually gave up on it. And that's why I vouched to never give up and to help others to not give up. And so what happened with Twitch was is I done the research. I've read the policy agreements that everyone should. And uh, since this is an e-commerce podcast, you should all read the fine print. That's the most mm-hmm. important thing with anything before you hit the sign button. And Twitch pretty much says they own you. Once you hit partner, they own your channel. Y- you can fall off tomorrow. 
with no reason. They do not have to tell you why you are banned from Twitch. And their algorithms are set. Anything that is familiar with your content is down. It will immediately get taken down. So even if you make another email, nothing similar, an algorithm base is going to find you. And if those fans who used to watch you come back, their algorithm is going to find you. You're going to get banned again, except now you are facing lawsuits. Holy Um, shit. So yeah, Twitch is not one to mess around with. And honestly, I just, I done the research. Twitch is, they got it together. They're working on in-stream ads right now. Uh, They just tweeted about it not too long ago about them working on in-stream ads. And I think it's great, but they're, they own your channel. They own the rights. They own the name. They own everything about it. Once you become so far in, you're stuck. There's a, there's a YouTuber called Harris Heller and he he's stuck on twitch like he's partnered with twitch and that makes it worse so he can't do gaming live streams on his youtube channel because twitch doesn't own youtube but twitch owns his channel on twitch so he had to make another youtube channel with a different name and even then there's still legal batter battles to deal with so it just shows that twitch is more selfish than anything else but they're also more well built and look at mixer i mean mixer fell off platform Sorry, I'm not familiar with Mixer. Was that a a personality or was this a software? Uh, Mixer was a Mixer was a software that was uh, helped made by Microsoft, and uh, it was for streaming. So, as everyone knows, Twitch isn't meant for just streamers. They actually started out with cooking and vlogging and stuff like that. They wanted to show people you could do all that live, and then it started getting into the streaming gaming world. Mixer was the same way. Mixer was Twitch's competitor. If you weren't on Twitch, you were on Mixer. That's kind of how it was. And uh, then Facebook, Facebook, yeah, Facebook bought Mixer out for, I think, $2.5 million. And because Mixer was dying, they didn't have the software, the people, the whatever it was to keep going. So they sold uh, Mixer to Facebook and then Facebook took it down. But Facebook was there to get their algorithm base and everything else needed to help them grow. So. Yeah, Mixer was a platform that everyone goes to. Of yeah, look at what happened to them. They tried and they failed, and that's why people are worried Facebook is gonna fail. Mm-hmm. So it sounds to me like Twitch is the equivalent of joining, say, like an actors' union. Yeah, and 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 I'll and I'll characterize this a little bit more for our listeners because I've done uh, background acting for a couple of years. I loved it. Would would go back when when we can, if time permitting, which at the moment is not. Um, <laughs> yeah, we, 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 we struggle not to open up that can of worms nearly every episode. And in many cases, the it's, can gets opened. Yeah. So what happens in, uh, for the, in, um, in, in the acting world is that there is an actress union in Canada. It's called ACTRA and everybody, well, not everybody, but most people want in on this thing, uh, cause you get more pay and then you also get like, you get to be in the front of the line for lunchtime. Uh, so you get, you get first shot at the chicken wings or whatever um but there are limitations too because then you can't do non-union productions anymore uh you can't do independent stuff so i was always reluctant to join that union because of my own youtube channel i have 15 subscribers it's just like this thing that i just do but the idea that it would cause anxiety and i would never feel like i can uh, go my own route afterwards is actually quite worrying so twitch actually is, is is a lot in the same way it's like the equivalent of like the unionization of of gaming personalities that's crazy i never thought about it like that before yeah uh honestly you nailed it on the head right there that's kind of what twitch is and twitch has no shame of it i mean you you signed a contract when you became affiliate you you signed that contract they don't care yeah i also I also I never knew that Twitch didn't start as a gaming platform. I mean, it's so ubiquitous with gaming now. That's what one would think, but I think because it was built by people who didn't do that, they didn't intend it for it to be gaming. It it sounds like they didn't have the best interests of gaming in mind when they were starting this thing going. They got this thing going. Yeah, I mean. Also, think about it until what was it, 2012? I think it was 2012. Gaming didn't really become that big of a deal. Esports was really non existent. I mean, and Twitch was made in 2011, was the start off. So, I mean, gaming didn't get that big until about 2012. And that was because of all the esports tournaments and stuff like that. And then yeah. gaming took off, and then gaming started rolling. 
uh, pretty much controlling our everyday lives now. Like, I cannot leave this office, this office with my Xbox and PC. It's like, I can't leave it. This is my world now. Yep. Yeah, I'm 95% in my apartment. Uh, after this, I'm going to the drugstore to stock up on zinc. And that's the adventure of my week. Yeah. <laughs> Just order some on Amazon. You should do it. I get points, though, man. I get oh, the points. Yep, dude, I, I get that. I get that. Got neighborhood market. Yep, you yeah. get points when you buy from them. Cool. So, um, ne- two two things next on the uh, on the agenda. The first one, actually, I did ask you. But, oh, yeah, I wanted to ask you about your your onboarding process and how you get people uh, involved into it, and like you know what you generally recommend people have at the ready. So, I'll ask you about that, and then afterwards. Uh, I'm going to go to the questions that my uh, my friend, who is a Twitch streamer at the moment, um, and go to the ones that he asked you to, because he's got more insights than I do, because he is a streamer, yeah. um, whereas I'm just a guest of his stream. So uh, tell me about the onboarding process and how you get people to get started and how they reach out to you and generally how do you get people into... I basically just asked the same question like three times in a row. So maybe we'll just cut that. But I think you understand where I'm going with this. How, how do I get people into streaming? Yeah, and people reach out to you and conduct business with you. Yeah, so I mean, a lot of the a lot of the situations go. I mean, a lot of people don't know they really want to do it. They like, ah, oh, why well, just play? It would be cool if people watched me, but you know, the biggest thing is being there for somebody. That that's a big one. Like the people in my community, I have over ten people inside of Skull Hunters, and then I have over fifty streamers that went from zero to over a hundred at this point and they're still coming in and it's not paid for. They, they come in and I, I I'm there for them. I give them the steps I can give them and the knowledge that it took me years to learn and I mm-hmm. share it on to them. But a lot of them come by saying, I tried it before. I don't know how to work. People think they need thousands of dollars of equipment and it's not the case. You just need to be smart with it, work smarter, not harder. And mm-hmm. you could do a lot. And I'm going to demonstrate one. Um, one of my greatest successes, she's even hard, having a hard time right now, is um, there's a Twitch channel. I'm not going to name her, but she's a part of the Skull Hunter community. And she's ready to just kind of give up at this point. But she's about to hit 500 followers within three months. So it's, it's amazing. It's one of the best growths I've seen for any of my streamers I have under my belt. And this is what she's using. She's using a $20 pair of headphones that she had just to game with anyways. Mm-hmm. And she's using her Xbox that she was gaming with anyways. That is what she's using. She's not using anything else. No webcam, no fancy computer. She's starting with the minimum because she had someone that believed in her and helped her from where do I go? How do I start? What? How do I get this going? And she had that person there to kind of guide her along the way. And then, yeah, now she's streaming without me. Like she's been streaming all week this week and I just finally got to talk to her today. And so, Mm -hmm. yeah, just be there for people. So one thing though, I mean, so the budget there is pretty minimal, the the headphones and the Xbox. Um, Although I guess the one threshold that I think is important to cross is having the right internet connection for it. It's like, what's the, so what's the, what's the standard for an internet connection? Um, So the standard, um, this this one's a little bit hard, uh, but for Twitch it is uh, three thousand five hundred. Uh, what is it? Bit rate. You need to have a three thousand five hundred bit rate at the minimum. Without mm-hmm. that, your stream is gonna be laggy. It's not gonna be with it. So you need approximately. And don't 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 quote me on this, guys. Uh, I'm just thinking off the top of my head. I'm converting bits into megabytes. Um, a twenty <laughs> gigabyte. Yeah, I think it's a twenty gigabyte. Um, internet speed you need is a 20 gigabyte internet speed is what you would need um, to be able to stream at the minimum of Twitch but luckily we have fiber lines now uh, Xfinity Mm -hmm. and uh, there's a bunch of other places who are just upgrading to uh, fiber that's one gigabyte so higher speeds faster gigs and it's it's important especially in the the stream you get that latency gone to nothing Mm -hmm. And then conversely, too, I think if people have, I mean, if people have these systems already and they already have good Internet, you know, the, it's it's definitely an avenue that they can explore. Because even if they gain a, a small uh, but dedicated following, that's still something that they can look uh, look forward to doing. 
Um, so let, I'm going to get into the questions my friend sent me. And again, he is a streamer, so his insights are a little bit uh, more in the in the weeds than um, my insights are capable of. Um, and I and I'm going to ask you the questions as they're written because although I could have rearranged them so they sound like it's my voice, I would rather not do that. It's important that they're asked the way that he writes them. Yeah. So first question is with anti-advertising rules on every website or main community. Uh, how do you advertise your content? How do you share yourself with others? And bear in mind, I know we've talked a lot so far, so maybe you've said something about this earlier, but if you need to reiterate, by all means, go ahead. Um, no, so like trying to market yourself, um, like trying to market your streams and your links, and that's a big no-no. You don't advertise your links. You don't do a lot of that. And that's a big no-no on every platform. You can't go on Facebook and share your links on a bunch of pages. They're going to get rid of you as quick as possible. Chat boards, you can't do it either. So the big question is, how do you get noticed? Well, that's we go back in a little bit from before. If you naturally are putting out your consistencies and everything else, the platforms are going to naturally kind of show you out to other people. And then we talked about it again earlier with uh, the thumbnails the titles, the description, those are important. They need to be something that will make people want to click on it, see how it's going. It's got to be something that people want to see. Um, so, and then that's a big thing, but how, but you're a streamer who's just getting started. You want to get as many people in to keep you motivated. Okay. This is what you do. You join the actual groups. You join the groups that say, hey, this is the help streamers that have nothing this is a community for you facebook has them youtube has them and um twitch has some and even on discord they have servers dedicated just for that so people can help find others and keep them motivated motivations are a big one if you don't have that motivation you're not going to put the content you're not going to get the consistency you're not going to go anywhere so yeah just look just look and don't be unmotivated to do the things you want to do um, this is this is one that uh, I've just uh, come up with myself, but okay. knowing what we know about Twitch, um, of the other streaming services, if someone were to uh, dabble into one of the other ones, what would be a good one to transition into before I don't know they end up in partnership and they can't and they can't get out anymore? Okay, um, honestly, so this one this one's actually a tough one because a lot of the people that I've grown. They go to Twitch and I even tell them about all the little hidden things and they are usually okay with it because mm -hmm. some of the people are under me. So it's under my company. It's not under their name. So they don't have to worry about it as much because they always can come back to my stuff and kind of go there. But in the average person, I would honestly say everywhere. Go everywhere there's other sites you can use restream.io is one that is cheap affordable that you can restream to several platforms uh, not a sponsor um but they will they'll restream to several platforms for a cheap cost and it helps you don't put your eggs in one basket because like we talked about twitch being able to ban you for no reason okay but your whole life was on twitch that's where you had your following that's where you had everything where do i go now if you're streaming on these other platforms you have a higher chance of being able to go, oh, they they nailed me over here for something I didn't even do. Okay, I got Facebook, I got DLive, I got YouTube, you know, I can do this stuff over here. So I would just recommend don't put everything into one platform. Don't try to switch between twos. The reason I'm not on DLive or Twitch is because Twitch, I read the rules, I can't do it as a company. And mm -hmm. then for DLive, uh, I actually can't get logged back in. <laughs> they have a strict uh, email thing where if your email is not fully connected, you're not going to get verification codes, so you can't log back in. So my account exists on there. Can't use it. Well, question two was about restreaming services if you use them to build your content. The other side of it was uh, tags as well. Uh, I'm personally, I'm not entirely sure what the tag might be in reference to, but uh, how, how can tagging be used to, to help you out? Okay, so um, the restreaming side, yes, I would definitely say uh, restream. That's the best way to do it. And then for the tagging, that's actually a good one. That's one I'm still learning a lot about. Uh, YouTube, when you go to upload a video, you have your title, you have your description, you have a thumbnail, and then you have a thing called uh, video tags. That is where when people search up an object or a title, 
that those are the things that you can search it with. So if I put Call of Duty Black Ops Zombies, and I put mm-hmm. Call of Duty Black Ops Zombies in the tags, Call of Duty Zombies, I could get searched for any of those words that were being used in it, as long as it's in the tag you nominated. Now with Twitch, I don't. I think they have categorizing tags. So I think it's horror, uh, funny, uh, survival. I think it's stuff like that. Um, so what what exactly was the was the question? Like how do I how do I go about using them? Yeah, well, the question as it was written was, do you utilize things like tags or restreaming services to build your content? Okay, so and then, yeah, uh, restream services, no, because I want to get that personal connection with the audience. Um, in restream, you can't share a community chat board without it being on your screen. And because I take a lot of clips from my streams and put them up on other places to help market, I don't want all that in there. I like a clean stream. So... You, there's no chat boards where everyone can chat and see where each other are from. I like to get in that one-on-one with the audience. And yes, I utilize tags uh, even on Instagram. I use hashtags like crazy, but it's not mm-hmm. overwhelmingly like there's an algorithm base to it as well. Everything you live has an algorithm. 30 hashtags, no more. You could do less. So yes, but I do use hashtags and no streaming services. Um, next one. Um is it possible to grow a channel without resorting to giveaways or copious amounts of paid advertising? Yeah, it, it is. It is possible. Uh, I think that is a funny one, but I know a lot of people they're they're not seeing the growth as fast, and they want to get it out there. But once you pay for an advertisement on anything, it shows unnatural growth, and unnatural growth means you're resetting your algorithm base, and it's putting you back at square one. Uh, but it is possible. I used to use a, and yes, I think this is like the second time I mentioned this ever, but it's a learning curve. I've been learning these last few years. And uh, for YouTube, I tried to promote videos left and right to try to get people in. I used an off seller, a third party seller to try to do it. And it was fake views or people who came in, watched the video and didn't engage with anything else. That's not good. That's going to show YouTube you're a one-shot wonder. That's all that's going to show. It's not going to help your algorithm out. It's not going to help your engagement out. Um, if you do have to promote Google Ads, but no, I you can grow without it. You can grow naturally, and that's the best way to do it because that means you're growing your fans, you're growing your family, and they're all coming along with you on your journey. And they get to see, hey, I remember when you had 20 followers a year ago. I remember when you had a hundred here. I remember when you were so excited. That's what you want to see. It's not about the speed. It is about your consistency. Never put quality over quantity. Yeah. And you know, one observation that I made about that, and I saw as a general observation is that I think it's you're better off in the long run to be small first before you're yeah. big. Because when you're small, you can iron out all of your your motifs and your themes and your bad habits and promote your good habits. So by the time you get big, everything is locked in place. Exactly. And that's, that's a big one right there is you get to learn. And the learning is a big thing. I used to I used to have a really bad GoPro as my webcam where you could see the whole entire room. That was terrible. I went through several microphones before a, a company got a hold of me and said, hey, let's help you with this. And then we kicked off a big sponsorship deal. And yeah, it was just one of those things. But I mean, yeah. It's it's just one of those situations where you don't need so much things or you don't need so many things to get you going. But it's all about like when you're small, you can make the mistakes. When you're big, mm-hmm. you're strapped in. If you make that mistake, you're never living it down. And I used to not be clean. I was not a friendly, friendly person. But now I also got to see the child, the children lives. I've helped so many charities out. I've done so much. And it's just like I can't be that way in front of kids it's not because i'm trying to get get a hold of you know the algorithms and all no it's just you want to be a better person so yeah it's just you can you can do whatever you want if you really put your mind to it yeah i mean one thing that i i guess uh i hear about from time to time is people they they hit these plateaus where mm-hmm. they think maybe i'm destined to have more no more than 500 followers or i'm never gonna have more than a thousand followers and to put things into perspective that's still pretty good like 500 yeah. really dedicated friends and you say family, I think that's one really important way to characterize it is that these are people that well, they, they love you and they're, and you, and you've made a significant difference in their lives. 
Yeah, big time. And right now I'm at the same point. Like uh, my Facebook is growing rapidly every day, but my YouTube, it's stuck at 2000. And I just cannot get it over that 2000 mark. But I mean, I'm I'm still learning. I'm still new to the scene, uh, but it's all about still trying to learn. And that's the big thing is who people don't take the time to take all the training I've taken. And that's why I try to help so many people out because if I had someone that could tell me in 30 minutes, best ways to grow, please. I would have loved that at the beginning. <laughs> yeah. And, and you also too, about when it comes to making mistakes is that, I mean, tying it back to e-commerce uh, for a split second here, if people are trying to run a store, it doesn't go very well. They're all behind the scenes so they can fail. They can move on. And that store doesn't have to be associated with them anymore. But for a streamer, to make those mistakes, they could be kept for uh, for quite a long time. Uh, all it takes is somebody to just hold on to one of those clips, uh, and to and to not that I think anybody's that vindictive, at least that I know of. But there are people who are like that out in the world. So when you're doing broadcast, when you're doing public stuff, yeah, it's the the mistakes can be a lot costlier even early on. Oh, it definitely can be, but that's the reason why. If you make the mistakes, it's always better to do it earlier. I mean, I don't know if yeah. you... I bet everyone's heard of it at this point. Even if you're not a gaming fan, PewDiePie's big incident. He, he messed up. He messed up on a live stream. And he couldn't take it back. He couldn't edit it. And he had to make apology videos. YouTube gave us channel strike for it. There was a lot going on with that. Uh, so that's a good reason to show you. Being small isn't a bad thing. But being big has its downfalls you you have to always be that person out in public that's why i always say be yourself if you're not yourself when you step outside and someone recognizes you and you're a different person they're not gonna see you the same way again so always be yourself yeah uh, unless you're in wrestling or something like that yeah yeah don't, then, don't then tackle then anyone have, down the street you know that might <laughs> that might not yeah. be good uh, just a couple more from uh, from his list. Uh, these are these are pretty good. I'm I I will say that they're that they're pretty insightful. Um, now I know you've got your your community, but the question is as follows: uh, Did you join a streaming or YouTube content community to give yourself a signal boost? Yeah, definitely. I I joined I joined a bunch because uh, my family always believed in me, but there was times I didn't believe in myself, and so like I would be working on a video for God the editing process alone is so long to get your audio lines right and everything else it was just it was so aggravating and then to put it up and get 10 views and it they don't last long they they will come in stay for 30 seconds leave it it's the it's the worst thing ever so i had to join sites to sit there and just I, if anything get motivated and seeing other people doing their stuff and then also it's like you you were chatting on other people's things, being like, you know, how how did you overcome this? And they tell you, and then they're like, hey, what is your what's your channel? You know, let's 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 look at it for a minute. And you know, so it kind of just like that little bit of reinforcement. And you got to hone down on where you're at. But yeah, I've definitely had to join some just to get that little bit of confident boost because being down trying to make a video, there's some days you don't want to stream. Don't force yourself to if you don't want to, or you just feel like you really can't. It's not worth to go. Right. Yeah. Cause then it just ties back to what we we're saying earlier is that you might, you're more prone to make a mistake that you're going to regret. Yep. Um, so this one, you, you, we've talked about it earlier, but I think we'll just give it a little bit more oxygen just in case. So how do you interact and moderate with your viewers? Laugh. <laughs> I, uh, usually whenever they, uh, they coming in, uh, I have a Facebook alert set to whenever they come in and hit the like button that a little Pikachu will pop up on the screen and just come out of a uh, little pumpkin. I think it's adorable, and other people think so too. Everyone can agree on Pokemon. You were you either loved it or you hated it. And so growing up, I love Pokemon. I went, you know what? We're going to do this. And it's either they comment on the background because I have a pretty, pretty unique setup for a background, and then they comment on that, and then that gets that chatting going. Or if they see the challenge in the description, they're like, I'm down for this. Let's do this. Uh, or just being entertaining. They want to join in on the joke. They want to men- make a dad joke. You know, it's so it's just it's easy to, you know, really get the chat with your audience. It's just be be you be yourself. Always assume mm-hmm. a camera's rolling at all times. That's a that's a good rule. <laughs> Always assume some something's recording. 
Yeah, that's pretty accurate too, because I think at this point that is the case. Uh, so last question from uh, from my from my uh, from my guy. Uh, do you own an air fryer? Why is that on the list? Sorry, I get. Uh, do you do you own an air fryer? Uh, do I own an air fryer? Uh, no, but I'm looking. I am looking for an air fryer. I've so I think this is to me making a bunch of comments maybe about my weight. Um, I was through. No, he's just passionate about air fryers. That's all. Passionate about air fryers. Okay, so yeah. Uh, no, I want one though. I'm looking. I'm looking right now. I'm looking for some air fryers because yeah. I have. I have needs. I have some French yeah. fry needs. Yeah, I, I've heard good things uh, about air fryers, mainly from him, but they are good things. Oh, I, I love the idea of air fryers. Uh, so I sat there and started baking a lot more with the, you know, situations going on in our day-to-day lives. I started really baking more. But at the beginning of this year, I decided to say I want to be the way I want to be. I was at 300 pounds. I'm down to 246 now. And it's not even at the end of the year yet. And that was just a lot with cutting out frying stuff. And so, yeah, air fryer is on the list. It is on the list because of that reason. Oh, that's all right. That's that's probably a more accurate answer than uh, uh, that. I think either me or him were uh, anticipating. So, <laughs> yeah, well played on that regard. So we um we how are we doing for we are pretty uh, darn close to an hour, uh, which is usually when we wrap this up. Um, this is one that I that I want to know about uh, any like recommendations for uh, for building a PC because uh, I'm I don't think I have to do it yet. But my PC is about six years old, and I got it because I used to work at a gaming cafe, and in lieu of a paycheck, they ran, they went out of business, so they gave me a PC. All of which is to say, it's starting to show its age a little bit. So. What would you recommend for budget and what are like some of the key uh, specs that I think uh, a computer needs to, let's just say I got into streaming. Let's just say I was motivated to do it all of a sudden. Okay. Um, so if you are getting into like the streaming side and just need your PC, for one, don't buy a pre-built. Um, that's a big mistake Agreed. a lot of people make is they buy pre-built and they don't show all the specs that are in it. Um, so and then the case, I don't really need to specify, make sure it has air. Um, the RAM, make sure it is 32 gigs because for someone like you who edits and you're streaming and everything else, you need that RAM speed. Uh, I would say no more than uh, three, uh, three 2,200 gigahertz, I think it is, or I, I forget what it is, but like 3,200, 3,200 hertz. Uh, make sure that speed is quick. Uh, your motherboard, USBs, man, USBs. You can never have too many USB ports. Um and uh for your processor that that's hard people have a lot of opinions on ryzen's and intel processors just make sure it's a it's at least a tolerable processor that works with your motherboard i don't know uh, all about how those pins work but i know that if you're buying those parts at a store a lot of times someone can help you out and tell you this will fit with this because of these pins here uh, graphics card, the big one everyone always asks me is like, what do you recommend? If you're streaming, editing, gaming, don't go any lower than a 2 Series. So if it's a, I have a 260 in mind, a 260 dual fan, and it, it runs amazing. It never overheats. I never have to overclock it. I run 4K games all the time. It's amazing. And it was only 400 bucks. So I think for a nice budget, that will make it so we don't have to get a newest one. Plus, with the new three series out, they're going to drop even lower in price. So, yeah, a uh, an RTX uh, dual fan uh, twenty sixty is probably going to be the best bet for that. And then SSD, get an SSD one terabyte. Yeah, solid state. The the SSDs are so much faster. It's so m- much more reliable. And then that's when you can get some hard drives in there that I have a 10 terabyte hard drive coming that is on back order. So probably never getting it. Um, but yeah, and I think that's it for the for the PCs. I personally have no color in mine. It sits on the floor and it's it's a work beast. My cool looking PC will do something. Yeah, first PC I ever got had these two blue bars in the front that they would light up. And, uh, and I miss that. I miss that a lot. Mm. Um, all right. Well, I'm going to let you go in just two more questions. The usual oh, traditional wrap-up question. But then the other one, for 
people who are, let's say they just need like something to play just to, you know, release some stress or pass a little bit of time. My, my guess is the phone might be a good bet because the chances are they'll have a phone versus they, if they have a video game system, then this question is moot. But um, any game, any free games, any low investment games that you would recommend for people to uh, get into just to, you know, ease attention for an hour or two? Honestly, I would say anything that's like a mind puzzle game. Uh, I can't name any specifically on the mind puzzle side, but that's what I do, especially if I'm at the doctor when we used to do that uh, or whenever we're out just getting stuff done. I mean, mind puzzle games and stuff like that, Sudoku's, they're always so good. It keeps your mind going and Alzheimer's is something we all have to be aware of and it helps keep your brain, you know, moving, functioning. And it's just a good, like, keeps your mind straight, but honestly, Candy Crush, dude, like, I I got on my PC now. It's on my phone. Pokemon Go is another one. Both of those are free, by the way. Uh, Pokemon will take up your storage, but... uh, yeah, Candy Crush is something that you could just play. It's stupid, but it's nothing that's going to really make you think too hard. It's just a nice, it's twiddling your thumbs. You know, it gets you kind of just done with everything around you. Yeah, I uh, at the time I had a BlackBerry Passport when Pokemon Go was released, so I couldn't uh, I couldn't join in on that phenomenon. And I'm not sure I want to, primarily because somebody, maybe, I don't know, maybe this was just photoshopped. Uh, Lord knows lots of things can be fake these days. But it was a screenshot of a Ghastly, that he, which is a ghost Pokemon. Uh, but he was in a hospital, and I just felt like, that was, that's scary. I, that's, a, that's a little too uncanny. <laughs> um, so I will truly say that's not a Photoshop. Um, but a lot Oh, so of you the- know what I'm, so you know about it. Yes, I know what you're talking about. Um, so there was a lot of those where it's like, Pokemon will try to put the Pokemon in an area that makes sense. It's like if you go to if you go to a gym, they will have a bunch of wrestling type Pokemon there because it's linked off of a Google Maps. But a lot of the times the hospitals usually pay to have their spots clouded. But when when Pokemon hit their really big hype and it seemed kids wanted to play it, they let it go. But they were supposed to, keywords, supposed to not put things in there like that. Don't put literally dark type Pokemon in a hospital. Yeah, I mean, there is an, a nurse Pokemon. Like, there are the Chanseys. Yeah. So if they just had a bunch of Chanseys in there, that would have been fine. Or the, the Blissey evolution. Just block, like, the like the really bad Pokemon to be in a hospital. Just block them out, you know? You can cloud a place, uh, and it doesn't even cost that much. The hospital could have done it, but nah, they they didn't because they know some of their younger patients need something to do. Yes, yeah, true. Yeah, especially if they're uh, staying overnight. Mm-hmm. Get up to a little bit of exploring. Cool. Uh, okay, I, I didn't intend to uh, end on a, on a darker note like that, but sometimes these things they happen. So, uh, Jordan, uh, two things. One, if you've got any parting wisdom or any mantras or philosophies you like to share with people uh this would be the chance to do it and then the second half of the question is if you've got anything or sorry people who are interested they want to reach out to you inquire about streaming or they should just uh, watch your content i've watched it i find it amusing i'd probably watch it watch more of it uh, uh after after the fact so yeah uh floor is yours once more well i will i'll definitely say if you want to sit there and try to get into the streaming world I mean, seriously, and uh, contact me, uh, Skullhunter Games on Facebook. Uh, that's also the same as an email, just games plural. Um, you know, contact me because I know how hard it is. And for the inspirational words, I, don't give up. Don't listen to the people that said you can't do it. Because I, I'll tell you this, you can make money on it. There are kids younger than me who are making more than their parents. So. I will definitely say if it's something you want to do or something you want to get into, don't let the little things stop you from doing it. There's a way to get around it and just never stop believing in yourself. And I know that one's really, really cheesy. I'm like a Disney princess right now, but just don't don't stop believing in yourself. When you do, you're, you can never commit to anything else. So, But I believe in everyone. If you want to do it, you got it. All right. Well, uh, this has been a lot of fun. It's always great to uh, talk to one of my people. 
And uh, for all of you, I hope you enjoyed this. I hope you got some insights out of it. I know it's a unique uh, episode for today, but I think you, you've, you've got plenty here to walk away with. So uh, take care, everybody. We'll check back soon. Thanks for listening. You might have found this show on many number of platforms. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, or right here on Debutify. Whatever the case, if you enjoy this content and want to help us thrive, please take a few moments to leave a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you think is best. We also want to hear from you, so whether you think you'd be a good guest or want to weigh in on anything related to our show, you can email podcast at debutify.com or connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Finally, this podcast is created by the passionate team at Debutify. If you're ready to take the plunge into e-commerce or are looking to up your game, head over to debutify.com and see how it can change your life and the lives of many through what you do next.